Here we go then, folks. 5,352 days of Derby Day dominance on the line for Norwich City as they travel to Portman Road this weekend. High-flying Ipswich Town, hoping that this is their opportunity. Unlucky 13 is, uh, is, is maybe the prospect for Norwich City as they travel across the border this weekend. Welcome to a very special edition of the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast, sponsored by Coleman's Mustard, as ever, um, looking ahead to this game. I'm joined by Mr. Sam Seaman and Paddy Sean Deitch Davitt, as, uh, as he was referred to on the comments. In fact, it was, if you close your eyes... Paddy Davitt sounds like Sean Dyche, which this isn't the first time you've had that pad. No, I don't get it. I, don't, I mean, it's, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. He sounds like he smoked 40 Marlborough a day since he was like 15. But uh, as, I, as I said to you boys, as long as nobody says I look like him, then I'll, I'll take that. You're from similar parts of the world, though, aren't you? Yorkov, he's Kettering, is he? Is that right? I believe so, yeah, which isn't a million miles away. Yeah, but um, no, I just don't get it. You know, don't get fair play though. He's doing the business, isn't it? Everton at the minute knows yeah. knows his onions, as they say, as a manager. Whether you like yeah. his style or not, that's a different debate. But uh, he's certainly an effective football manager. Yeah, they're they're, they're doing very very well. Um, a team in blue and white that uh, is also doing very well, Ipswich Town, and um, we are looking ahead to the East Anglian derby. And we're going to speak a little bit as well. Probably touch upon it more than speak about it. Um, the win against Sheffield Wednesday, three one for Norwich City. Uh, Darren Huckabee, I felt summed it up uh, best when he said, "Unconvincingly convincing," which it was in the end. Norwich could have won by more, but it maybe wasn't still a, a performance that um, would leave you full of of hope and, and, and optimism. But Norwich did enough which is good on a on a really good run of form. Sam, heading into the derby, before we, we speak about anything else, how are you feeling ahead of our trip to, to Suffolk and Portman Road on Saturday? Um, I, I feel kind of excited now, not in a, not really in the, the sense that I feel positive about Norwich's prospects, but it just feels like a bit of, um, a bit of an occasion. I like the sort of build up and the the sense around it so in that sense I'm sort of looking forward to it it might get to sort of uh 10 or 11 o'clock and the the size of the task facing Norwich might hit me a little bit and probably some nerves will kick in for those fans but I think now although there is a a level of pessimism if asked about their opinions on the game and how Norwich might fare I think fans are probably quite excited for for how it'll it'll unfold and, and see that obviously it's been more than four years since that occasion has been has been on the line and since Norwich fans have had that in prospect so you know I think they're probably looking forward to it, to it. maybe not as much as Ipswich fans um, at the moment but yeah for me I'm looking forward to covering one for the first time even though I sort of started um, watching Norwich when I was seven so yeah like 14, 15 years ago now I've never actually been to one so um I'm looking forward to to going to my first one. It would be quite typical if throughout my pretty much my whole football supporting life they never lost, and then the first one I went to they go and lose that one. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm quite looking forward to to covering one. That said, you boys have obviously been to multiple in your lives that have been full of positive memories and victories and unbeaten records. So I can't imagine you're looking forward to it in the same way. No, but but I, I think in 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 fairness, I I really don't like 
derby days as as a as a thing, even where even in the times where Norwich were overwhelming favourites and there was a lot of positivity going. Some people absolutely love them and, and fe- I, I just I'm just not built for it. I don't I don't like the added layer of, of pressure and intensity. Probably why I didn't make it as a as a footballer along with ability and uh, physicality and all the other stuff. Just just can't I just can't deal with it. One I like Derby Day once the full time whistle's gone if Norwich City have, have got a result. I was gonna say I'm not sure there, this weekend. Then they're the best things in the world. But everything building up to and that 90 minutes, unless obviously you get yourself into a pretty commanding position, is uh, is uh, torture, really. So uh, God knows what that's like uh, to be on the other end of. And unfortunately, we've got someone uh, coming up later in the show who knows plenty about that. Because I spoke to Mark Keith uh, from our counterparts in uh, in Suffolk, the East Anglian Daily Times. And it's fair to say they're rather chipper. So I'll uh, I'll bring you that chat in a little while paddy same question for you really i mean how, how are you feeling heading into into this one it's um really interesting because as i said it's, it's been over five thousand days since ipswich town last beat norwich city that record is there for everybody to see a lot of those derbies norwich have gone into as overwhelming favorites not all of them there's been a couple of scares along the way i think we all remember that that luke chambers tim closer derby and likewise the the, um, the 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 Daniel Farker one in that first uh, in that first promotion season where Ipswich probably should have beat Norwich, but uh, a Mo Lightner goal um, meant that that finished as a as a draw. Feels like the roles are reversed this time. How are you feeling as we uh, gear up to head to Portman Road on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, a bit longer in the tooth for you boys. So I mean, well, I've never seen uh, I've never seen Ipswich win this fixture as well, which underlines you know the longevity. Is it thirteen? I mean, you've Broken it down in the days, Connor. But I think we're talking thirteen years. 14, November twenty ten. Fourteen years, is it? Um, yeah, two thousand and nine. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, they they won in April two thousand nine, though, didn't they? I don't, yes. I don't yeah. Nineteenth of, of April two thousand nine, three two. That's the their last win over Norwich City. Yeah. So and then Norwich won. Yeah, I've got them in front of me. November twenty ten, the four one yeah. game. That was was that the whole whole hat trick game, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Correct. Um. So. <laughs> you know, I don't come at this with with quite the the sort of sense of emotional tug at the heartstrings that an Norwich fan would do, um, or you boys for that matter. But putting your professional heads to one side, but uh, they're great games now. I I love not being involved in them in the sense that I have anything really of note to to to, to be involved with, but uh, to be part of the occasion. I mean, the two playoff games for me were the standout ones. You know, the fourteen fifteen season. Um, First leg at Portman Road was that was when it may be replicated this weekend, but that was that was intense. That was a bear pit. Norwich got out of there um, unscathed relatively, and then completed the job at Car Road. And that that day as well, the Wes Huland penalty, and you know the fans on the pitch because of what it meant at the end of the game. You know, beating your greatest rivals to get to Wembley, and then obviously that that collective went on and maybe even topped it by, by winning at Wembley. That those, those were amazing occasions. Um, the win under the, the Lambert team, I think it was the second part of that season when they went to Portman Road towards the end of that championship promotion winning season and won 5-1. I mean, 5-1 at Portman Road, unheard of. And I, I'll never forget, I was de- detailed to speak to the players after the game that night and I think the Norwich fans were kept in. It was a night game. It was a Thursday game by memory, yeah. wasn't it? I think yeah. Thursday night and Norwich fans were, were still probably wisely kept in the stadium afterwards. And I don't think I've ever experienced it before or since, but the electricity, it was, it felt tangible. It was an actual electricity sense. I was pitch side in fairly close proximity. The, 
the energy that was coming off that away end was was uh yeah one of my abiding memories of doing this job if I'm honest and and that's what this fixture is um whether you have the emotional investment of being a fan if there's a family tie going back many generations that all weaves into it as well in terms of what it means to you and your family um or you you know you just happen to be dropped into the maelstrom of it as as an outsider essentially who's not brought up and and lived in this part of the world in their formative years. It is a special fixture, and and it's a great fixture. And and we're moving it on now to the current group. Both David Wagner after the game last night, Ashley Barnes as well. They can't wait. You get that sense of excitement and anticipation. And of course, they had to be professional. And pre Sheffield Wednesday, it was all about Sheffield Wednesday, and that was the messaging externally. But that you know very swiftly moved on now to countdown to Derby time, as David Wagner said, and. Um, and the fact that, you know, probably, and it's not meant to be disrespectful, but probably for the first time in this 13, 14-year time frame, they will be the underdogs. They they aren't the side expected to win this fixture. There isn't a noticeable gap in terms of Norwich's superiority. You know, if you want to be uncharitable, you'd say that maybe the superiority gap is in the other direction now. That is all very different from a Norwich perspective, and that's what adds to it, that they're not just going to play Ipswich and it's a derby. They're going to play an Ipswich team and a club and a, and a manager under McKenna who who look like they're really building something very special from our external vantage. Um, and it'll be great now to, to, to be dropped into a game where for probably the first time I can remember Norwich are going there as, you know, not the favourites in the fixture and, uh, and what will that do to the dynamic and whether that will play to Norwich's advantage, whether Ipswich become a little bit inhibited about it and almost get caught up and swept away in the occasion. I don't expect that to be the case. I think McKenna's far too astute to allow that to happen, but it's going to be such a favourable atmosphere from the blue side of it that um, it'd be very hard if you're an Ipswich player to detach yourself from the emotion of this occasion. And, you know, and we'll get into the nuance of how this game could play out, but, but I just think this is, it's a game like, unlike any other if you whether you're from this part of the world or you've lived in this part of the world or worked in this part of the world for for as long as I have um you know this is what you want you don't want with the greatest respect as we've had too often in this period at Car Road uh, last night accepted to go to Car Road Preston most recent example and it's just uh, it's almost a, a, tr- a trial that you have to endure, you know, um, soporific football, n- lacking in any energy, intensity, apathetic feeling around the stands, all of that, wash that away because we're going to the other end of the spectrum this Saturday and um, and I can't wait and I'm not anything to do with it. So can you imagine what David Wagner, those players, and more importantly, those Norwich fans feel at the moment? They, they must be now, given things have turned slightly in a more positive direction, Go and embrace it. Go and go and wring every last drop of emotion out of the occasion, and then hopefully, you know, we're still talking about that unbeaten run in the derby come, I don't know, two thirty, three o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I'm I'm labelling it uh, Operation JDL, which is Operation Just Don't Lose, in in the sense that you know if you if you play cricket and you've got the Ashes and you you have hold of the Ashes and you draw, you retain the Ashes as Australia did this summer. So in the in a similar way, it's like that with with, with Norwich. But obviously, if you can go there and win, it's uh, it's it's incredible. Um, who, who, just the, uh, uh, going off a slight tangent, Pad. Who are who are Cov's rivals then? Who what was the derby that you were kind of brought up on? Because um, there's there's loads of teams in the Midlands, so you kind of lose track. Yeah, you do, Connor. Yeah, yeah. You've been an aficionado of Midlands football as well. <laughs> you always talk so glowingly about Coventry, don't you? But uh, 
to be honest, I was thinking about this on the walk into the office today. Coventry are in a bit of a Middlesbrough situation in the sense that in that part of the world, it's... Well, they're too, they're too small for any of the major ones to really be bothered about. I think there's interference on the line here, Connor. That ain't true. <laughs> but uh, no, in the sense that it's Newcastle and Sunderland and that's the rivalry. Um, and Middlesbrough are this kind of, you know, kind of guest in the corner at the Christmas party. They're not really part of any of the two main groups. And for Cov, it, it's a little bit like that. It's Aston Villa and Birmingham. There, That's the main rivalry down the years. Um, but when I was Walsall? going up, no, shut up, will you now? <laughs> when I when I was in Coven, when I was in in my supporting phase, they were a, a Premier League team for quite a number of years, and so then it was Villa, it was Aston Villa basically because they were both Premier League. Birmingham were a step down, so um, yeah. But Coventry had a horrendous rate. I mean, it was like decades and decades. You mentioned him there. I think Darren Huckabee was part of the first team to win at Villa Park, um, so that was an historic occasion, and yeah, that was a great game to be part of but but I my sort of fan experience of a derby was very much where Ipswich fans have probably been for the last 15 years which was oh I can't wait for the derby oh no not again we've got beat kind of vibe a bit like that Radio Suffolk commentator that time uh, oh no that, that, that oh, famous no. clip yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, so yeah I never really enjoyed the derby experience until you know they they won one or two against Aston Villa but uh no nothing of the kind of intensity of a of an Ipswich Norwich where it is it's one or the other there's there's no Peterborough or Cambridge or Northampton dare I say even wider it's one or the other it's blue or it's yellow and green so um yeah quite jealous that that you people and uh, you know any Norwich fan listening or watching has has basically been immersed in that as they've grown up because you don't you don't really get that in in the Coventry sphere um unless you're playing Walsall obviously Connor well, as as they were in League Two a few years ago, um, which you know shows shows what a great job Mark Robbins has done more than more than any anyone else, anything else. Sorry, um, Sam. It's it, it is it is interesting. One one thing I, I do want to speak about is this uh, idea. I've heard a few people say it, um, and and maybe it's kind of clutching at straws or, or, or trying to be optimistic. And I understand that, but this uh, well form goes out of the window in in derbies. Well. That, I, I get that as a concept, but then you you look at the last fourteen years, and they, it it hasn't done really at, at any point. Norwich have kind of always largely got it. There have been a couple of times where the clubs have been in similar positions, but largely Norwich have always maybe been the favourites. They've been stronger favourites than than in other games, but a lot of the time they've gone into the games as as, as favourites, and they've kind of always not always won, but always come out maybe either winning or obviously not losing, retaining, as as, as we maybe say, the, the bragging rights. So um, how much are you kind of placing in, in that in that kind of view that, you know, it's, it's not about form or it's not about form, even though Norwich are entering this game with what it, what is now a six game run that has shown real signs of improvement in terms of output and points and results and scores, etc. Yeah, I think, both things are true probably to a, a certain extent I would say in a derby given the number of elements involved that aren't normally involved it is probably less about form than a normal game but you can't just completely dismiss it as you said Norwich in recent years have have underlined that really you go back to that last derby and it was pretty much exactly how you would have expected any sort of promotion chasers to play against um, any of the, the sort of relegation battling teams, which is what Ipswich were at the time, just a, a fairly simple um, 3 0 win. And although there was all the emotion and Paul Lambert was there and, you know, there was all the winking and the sending off, aside from all that drama, what happened on the pitch was pretty much exactly what you'd expect 
outside of a sort of derby situation. So I don't think you can completely write off form or the quality of teams or anything like that going into a derby. But I do I do understand the the feeling a little bit because it does somehow feel like a, a sort of cup final where it's this 50-50 clash and mentality will play more of a, a role than it will normally. You know, there will be Ipswich players. Um, as much as there will be, you know, McKenna will be keen, as, as Paddy said, to keep the lid on it a little bit. Players are individual and there will be some who will have this in their head and will be feeling the pressure of it and will be building it up themselves just peering over sort of um, that side of things and how they're looking into this game there does feel a level of anticipation that they probably don't need given how well they're going they're they're one point off the top of the table they're 10 points clear of third at the moment and they didn't really need to create a cup final for themselves to be honest um, going into this one but they have they have done that and it's about now whether they can really cope with the pressure I, I would suggest they probably can given you know some of the games they've gone into this season and done very well the number of times they've come from behind to to win games or take points from games shows the quality of the mentality in that dressing room um, so I'm not sure that'll affect them too much but I think it is definitely something that that can affect derbies equally we're probably hearing more of those cliches from from Norwich fans and and uh, on this side of the divide, because those are the things that, that give them hope, right? Those are the things that can make the difference between where Norwich are and, and where Ipswich are. Um, the way to, to bridge that gap is probably by suggesting that form goes out of the window and, and all these cliches. And it is true that if Norwich wants to get a result out of this, the best way to do that is probably to whip up more of a a derby atmosphere. It's a team that can probably cope with that a little bit more as much as I and we have criticised the the cliches of experience and intangibles and the fact that they've gone for sort of bigger, stronger profiles of player rather than maybe focusing on, on technical ability and tactical ability at times. You look at the likes of you know Shane Duffy, who didn't have a great game against Sheffield Wednesday, but the likes of him and Kenny McLean, Ashley Barnes, they aren't players that are going to to shy away from a fight. So if Norwich can turn it into all of those cliches and the derby day that a lot of people expect and the way that a lot of people talk about them, that probably does does go in their favour against the team that by all accounts and by looking at the league table is better than them in, in most departments really. So that might be the way for, for Wagner to do it. Um, I don't think there have been too many signs that They've been able to play especially well against the best teams so far this season. You look at Leicester, and although they played fairly decent at the time, there was a lot of compliments actually given to that performance. They still got picked off and beaten 2-0 fairly comfortably. So they are a way off um, the quality of those teams that are competing for promotion at the moment. And probably why we're hearing so many of these cliches where we might not have been in recent years is because... Um, this time around, that's that's probably what's on Norwich's side. Yeah, and and, it, and it, it is interesting because, and again, you can't really do this with derbies, but you kind of take the emotion out of it, and and you look at Ipswich Town, um, and, and it, it's a re- it, and even in contrast to Norwich City, in that no team has scored more goals at home than Ipswich Town have this season. Only Rotherham have conceded more goals on the road than Norwich City. Those kind of statistics feel quite. Um, 
problematic heading into this game, but, but also just how good, and I don't think it should be lost on anyone, just how good Ipswich Town have been so far. So, 21 games only only one side has ever made a better start to a championship season than that and that's Leicester City who are above them at this moment in time 10 points from third as 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 Sam said Paddy I mean what Kieran McKenna has done there what that group of players has done they've got a better points per game average at the moment than Norwich City's title winners in 1819 and in in, in 20 uh, 2021 um it's remarkable what they've achieved in this in this opening 21 games that that they have particularly at home I think it's it's 10 games at home nine wins that defeat of course coming to Daniel Farker's leads um it's been a really tough place to go Portman Road this year and and, and they've been quite formidable there oh, absolutely yeah um I, I will put a caveat in I think there's a lot of dross in this championship so you know th- these historical records that Leicester and Ipswich are setting points per game um you know the fact that Sort of Preston were sort of I think eighth and uh, after they were midweek and and that Preston's team that turned up at Car Road I know they were in a bit of a trough in terms of results and maybe that tipped more towards defensively I think they were missing one or two of their strikers but if that's that team's eighth in the division what does that say and it, what does it say about Norwich sadly until till this recent upturn so yeah but what I would say though and you you referenced the third I think it's thirty goals in ten home games is only well that's six goals more than any other team in the division at home. So, so straight away, a prolific in terms of goal-scoring threat. And we've seen these goals of the season contenders. They've been banging in almost seemingly every home game. But look at the goals they've conceded at home. This is what I was going to raise. Yeah, this is exactly 17. what I was going to raise. 17. 17. Only, only Huddersfield and, and Blackburn have conceded more goals exactly. at home. But when you're so, scoring 30, it's... <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, but if you're breaking it down, then effectively they're conceding 1.7 goals every home game. You know, yes, they might be outscoring teams, but Norwich will, if if that is a window into, and it clearly is, over this body of games, how they go about the task and and what the style of football McKenna wants and, and that they want to be progressive and on the front foot and, and how exciting and exhilarating that must be for an Ipswich fan to go and watch. But they can see lots of opportunities and they can see lots of goals and, and Norwich will get opportunities. And we saw last night, certainly with one or two, instances they have players who can score goals and I, I just think in terms of the context of how this game could unfold if Norwich do you know score then um, how how impressive they've been this season that 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 does rock them back and that does you know maybe shift the dynamic because you know ultimately it'll be about moments and it'll be periods in games and making the most of maybe when you're on top in games and, 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 you know, if Norwich get their noses in front hypothetically, then that's a different type of game, maybe to the one many people fear slash expect. Um, but of course the flip side of that is, you know, if, if you look at the fact that they've scored 30 goals, that's three a game. So if Norwich, my fear is that maybe Norwich decide that they need to go a bit more, pragmatic and defensive and, and is that Hernandez in, is that fashion acting and almost kind of frustrate. I just I just do not see that policy paying off because Ipswich will score goals against any opponent as they have done this season. Even in that Leeds game they lost. How many did they score? Was it four three that day? Four three, yeah. yeah. Three four. So you know <laughs> an idea that Norwich could go with any any derivative that is parking a bus is going to be doomed to failure. So I hope personally that he continues on in the same vein last night. If that's row, if that's science, maybe a, maybe a, a nod to maybe one of those taking one of those out, but still being 
being willing to go and engage and duel with this team because they will get opportunities to score. And and it's only, I think, by going that method that they're going to get anything out of this game. If they go with a, a passive approach, for example, Sunderland, how they set up that day. You know, I mean, they, they got beat 3-1 and it could have been a lot heavier. Um, but, but it was almost they the initiative was conceded before a ball was kicked in terms of the setup he went with that day, the personnel. I don't want to see anything of that nature from Wagner and his coaching staff going into this game. And that isn't a charter to go gung-ho and, uh, and try and beat Ipswich 5-4 because they, you know, the reality is they probably have better attacking players at this current moment in time. But at least, at least get the balance right and tip it more towards let's probe for the vulnerability that's clearly there in those stats in terms of goals that they concede. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a fascinating game in prospect in terms of just the, the nuances of how both respective coaches look at the opponents, look for the weak points, and then try to exploit them. Yeah, and and this feels maybe like an an apt point to bring in that that chat that I had with with Mark Keith, head of football at, at the East Anglian Daily Times, about Ipswich Town, about the derby, about the optimism that they feel over in Suffolk heading into this game. Uh, here's a little bit of a chat with him, and then we'll we'll pick it up on the other side. Uh, speaking about how Norwich approach this game, how they how they get something out of this game and whether they can get something out of this game. Okay, everybody. Um, I'm not looking forward to this particularly, but it feels like we have to get some balance from the Suffolk end. You can already see a beaming smile if you're uh, if you're watching this podcast as opposed to, to listening to it. And, and we've already maybe given some of our thoughts and, and fears and feelings heading to Portman Road on Saturday. And uh, Mark Heath is going to join us, head of football at the... Uh, East Anglian Daily Times, of course, and podcast host of the Kings of Anglia. Try not to laugh at that name. Um, I, I, I've managed it, so so you can avoid it as well. Uh, Mark, uh, this might be the last time I get to say it. So 14 years, 12 games. I think it'll be about 28 days on on, on, on Saturday. Um, it's It's been quite a, a period for, for, for Ipswich and Norwich in this East Anglian derby. Feels like we're about to enter a period where that's about to flip for the first time. Um I guess the, the first question, and I'll just sort of sit back as I answer it, is the mood heading into this East Anglian derby must be incredibly positive and, and, and almost the most positive it's been for a substantial period of time. Yeah, thanks for having me on, first of all, Connor. Uh, it's definitely, definitely positive. I mean, how can you not be positive when they're sitting top of the table? They've uh, they've made a record start to the season, them and Leicester. Um, they've only lost two games all season. They've only lost five games in the calendar year. Scoring goals for fun, playing some unbelievable football, uh, and they've got one of the best young managers in the country. So it's hard not to be positive going into the game. Um, and as you say, like obviously it's been a, a period of domination in the derby for Norwich. Nothing, nothing short of that for fourteen years, as you say. And there's going to be some young town fans at the game on Saturday who will never have seen Ipswich Town win a derby. It goes that far back. It seems unbelievable. But definitely heading into this game, I think you would say that there is, it feels like in the past when we talk about these games, it's always been kind of hope more than expectation from the town side of things. Even going back to the playoff season, that was more kind of, well, we might, but I think now now there's an expectation going into this game that this clearly, um, you look at the, the form, the teams, the table, all that kind of stuff. You would say that town have to be favourites um, and favourites to win in some style but it's the derby so you never know 
Yeah, I know everyone says that form goes out of the window. But as, as I was saying to you off camera, I think in, in the mm. last 14 years, it, it really hasn't. But there, there have been a couple of opportunities for Ipswich within within that run. There was obviously the, the Luke Chambers header at, at Carrow Road that Tim Closer then, then cancelled out. There was... Um, the one Paul Hurst at that at the start of that campaign where Ipswich probably should have won that game and, and, and didn't. And actually it kind of in the end sort of seemed to save Daniel Farker and Norwich uh, went on quite the run and, and, and Ipswich obviously went in, in, in the opposite direction. So there have been moments within that run. But um, like I said, I think I think I, I was trying to think back. I was nine, I think, when Ipswich last <laughs> beat Norwich. Um, so I've I've never seen Ipswich beat Norwich in the flesh. I, yeah. I, I've got a vague recollection of listening to it on a car radio uh, and listening to the end of the game and not really having a, a real understanding of the magnitude of it. Um, feel like I might experience that this weekend. But uh, let's let's talk about what what Ipswich Town have, have done this season because it's 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 remarkable, really. If, if you take obviously the rivalry and, and the emotion out of it, what what Kieran McKenna has achieved. I think I heard last night that it's 100 points in this calendar year. It's it's staggering what 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 he's been able to do and how he's been able to, um, I guess, galvanise not just the team on the pitch but but seemingly the whole club. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it is obviously McKenna's a huge part of that. Clearly, as as the manager, and I'll talk about him in a little bit. But the whole club itself has been kind of completely turned on its head, really, since the the um, the American owners came in. Since Marcus Evans left, the American owners came in. They uh, brought Mark Ashton in as as CEO, um, a man who's experienced at this level, and it, he keeps referring to it as well. He started off as referring to it as a, as a plane taking off, and now he now he's referring to it as a rocket ship. Which kind of gives you the uh, uh, the feel of of, of the, I guess the mood around the club. Everything they're doing at the moment seems to work, and you've got uh, the, obviously performances on the pitch, the way they play football, um, the atmosphere they create around games at Portman Road, the attendances are unbelievable. I mean, twenty eight thousand plus per game average, which just a couple of seasons ago would have been nonsense if you just said they will get that. I mean, it would have been pie in the sky. Um, so the whole feeling around Ipswich Town is going like that. Like that is genuinely a feeling that this this club is now destined for for really, really big things once again. Um and it's been a lot pretty much my entire period of being head of football slash sports editor at the Anglian. That's not been the case. It's been before it was it was just a slow, steady decline and you know death by a thousand cuts and sleepwalking into trouble and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then suddenly things have changed uh, and you know promotion last season obviously the way they got it w- was fantastic that 19 game unbeaten run to to end the season but i don't think well i know even the most crazily optimistic wildly unrealistic itchwich town fan would not have predicted dared to dream that they would be top of the table where are we wednesday december the 13th 10 points clear of third place crazy absolutely crazy um, so yeah, uh, times t- things are good, mate. <laughs> yes, yes, they, they they definitely are, and I think to give people kind of a, a bit of scale because I think from from this end, it's uh, certainly throughout those early periods, it was ah, oh, it's just momentum. Though, and and this has maybe been the external view in the championship. It's mm. been interesting, kind of listening to kind of debates, and it's always been well, Ipswich will fall away, and Ipswich, and, uh, you know, I think they've they've proven that they're they're not going to do that and, and you, you you reference the points gap but I think it's it's most points of a promoted side ever at this stage in the campaign might even be the most of, of any side ever at, at this campaign with, with with Leicester as well. I mean it's it, it is just staggering. More obviously higher points per game at the moment than the Norwich City's title winning side in in, in mm. eighteen nineteen. 
I mean, your your boys are in pretty good nick at the moment. Yes, I think it's the second best twenty game start there's ever been in the championship. There you go. Yeah, second only to Leicester. Yeah, and every single other one of those like top fifteen teams have been promoted, either as champions or just going up. So um, the signs are very very good, but clearly there's still a long way to go. And as Kieran McKenna will tell you, he doesn't even look at the table, Connor. That's what he tells us. He doesn't look at the table. He just thinks about the process and the next game and the next game and making plans and when he when Kieran McKenna speaks, you you kind of believe him because he's such a thoughtful, uh, methodical, analytical, calm man, uh, and he he communicates in such a way um, that it's hard not to kind of be swept up by what he's saying. There's a logic behind everything and a plan behind everything, um, and that, along with many other things, has been what he's brought to Ipswich Town. This kind of He's created this this culture around the team where even if you're on the fringes of the team, you know what your role is. You know that at some point you get, there's an important part for you to play. There's no one of these kind of fringe players who are really big timing it and sulking because they're not playing. They're all they all feel bought in. Um and obviously the way he's got them playing and the way they play instinctively now um is all come from him and the way he's improved every single member of the squad, which again is not something we've seen under previous town managers for a long time. Um, players kind of in some, in some cases went downhill under managers or, you know, got bumped out of the team or went and sat on the naughty step or that kind of thing. Um, the whole culture under McKenna is completely changed, completely revolutionized. And that's, um, again, it's very exciting. Uh, a few, few more for, from me, but it's, it's, it's always interesting, I think to get, perceptions of, of of the other side i appreciate it. it's it's more layered in, in in emotion and rivalry and all of those aspects but once you maybe get past the the humor of the situation that i'm sure there is in in suffolk i mean what do you make of what's happened at, at norwich city really since that relegation from the premier league because probably like norwich city fans there was an expectation uh, and again probably championship wide that it would be an immediate bounce back this kind of yo-yoing that they've maybe mm. fallen into it hasn't been that you guys have have obviously been for a long process of of kind of being in the championship and and, and maybe having the, the the club chipped away at for for a period of time. Do you see similarities in what has happened at Norwich City over the last eighteen months or so to what happened at Ipswich Town over, admittedly, a much longer period? But but are you seeing kind of similar trends and narratives? One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you say humour. That there is no humour from the Ipswich Town point of view. We, it can't do yet. The game hasn't happened. It just sounds still haven't beaten Norwich City for 14 years. So until the whistle is blown on Saturday and and Ipswich Town win the game, they can't they can't be any humour. Um, probably before a fall and that kind of thing. I mean, in terms of from the outside looking in, as, as someone who covers Ipswich Town on a daily basis, there seem to be a lot of similarities. Certainly in the language that I've seen you and the boys using around the club, um, I've seen. I think it was you referred to sleepwalking. Um, the kind of signings as well, maybe a bit more pragmatic than exciting. Um, Delia, obviously, the other day, having a go at the fans. That's never a good look. And that's very similar to, to Marcus Evans when he he actually trolled his own fans by by using the phrase, be careful what you wish for, in a, in a, in a statement that he put out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I am by no means clearly an expert in what's going on in Norwich. Um, merely just an observer, very interested observer from the outside. But there do seem to be a lot of... A lot of similarities, um, and I guess that must be it. Must be a worrying time for, for you at the moment in terms of the, the direction of, of travel of the club. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and we could we could go off on a, on a tangent and be here for another hour talking about that. So I'll, I'll spare you that. But uh, I mean, it, it's a really interesting contest this weekend because you've got Ipswich Town, who I think have scored the most goals at home of anybody. Norwich City, who have scored the second um, most uh, goals on the road um, behind Rotherham, which is um, a scary prospect. Uh, two, two def- well, only one defeat at home this season to, to Leeds United. I mean, mm. the, the question I, I guess I wanted to ask is how on earth do Norwich City go about beating Ipswich Town at Portman Road? What if, if you were David Wagner, what would be the blueprint that, that you were setting up your team? Would it be part of the bus and hope for the best? Would it be come and have a go at us? How, how would you kind of oh. uh, set up? Is okay. there a way to set up? Give us some Yeah, hope of course. Yeah, I mean, um, what I will say is, is Town do concede goals. Um, we've seen that. I mean, until recently, they went, they had a six game run where they conceded a goal inside the first 15 minutes. We saw last night, um, you know, Town play out from the back. They're absolutely committed to that um, approach. And last night, Ladke passed the ball straight to a, to a Watford player and, and they're 1-0 down. So I think Norwich will get opportunities uh, in terms of how you set up to play against Ipswich Town. The, the sides that we've seen given Town the most difficulty this season have been sides that have come out and really got in their face. We saw the first uh, the first half at Birmingham. When they went 2-0 down, I think they were shocked by how intense Birmingham were when they came out under Rooney. Um, and it took kind of Birmingham really running out of puff for town to get back into the game. Similar sort of thing we saw at Huddersfield. The Leeds United game, obviously, they lost 4-3 at home. Um, that was maybe slightly different in that Leeds just had some really, really good players. That was the point where they, they possibly peaked um, and they had all their star players back for about one game, I think, before some of them vanished. Uh, off to destinations different, but um, yeah, Leeds would Leeds could just go toe to toe with Town that day. Um, so I I probably I probably wouldn't suggest parking the bus. Um, and we've seen also uh, there's a different Ipswich Town when they're playing at Portman Road. The games tend to be high scoring. We've seen that four three defeat to Leeds. We've seen a four three win over Blackburn. There's been three twos. There's been four twos. Um, so they do tend to be really high-scoring, entertaining games at Portman Road. And Town will no doubt come out and absolutely go for it. So I, I do think there will be opportunities for Norwich in this game. Um, Leif Davis, the left-back, for example, plays incredibly high up the pitch, which means there's always some space, generally speaking, that can be exploited. Um, and again, with Wes Burns, the, the right winger, they play really high up. So that there are always gaps. Um, and Town do invariably. And I wouldn't, you, you wouldn't look at them and go, well, their defence is shaky. They they do have a kind of tendency to concede goals. Um, so I, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go into the game thinking there's just no hope. I would I would I wouldn't be at all surprised if Norwich scored and scored one, two, three goals. Who knows? But we shall see. I don't. I don't. I hope they don't come and park the bus. Put it like that. I fear they might, but um, we'll, yeah, I fear they might, and uh, we might see more of those falls than than we do freeze on the on, on the other side. Um, how, how do you how do you see this game going, Mark? Because uh, I, from an Ipswich Town perspective, I mean, for me, it would just be this has to be the time, doesn't it? With the mm. way the clubs are going, with with how the form has been, ev- everything take non-emotion out of it the league table the respective performances of the side of the the respective states of the club everything points towards an Ipswich Town victory I, I can imagine there's probably been a lot of people internally supporters as well who have been kind of waiting for this game and this moment 
for a long period of time, maybe since the the change of ownership and kind of everything that they've they've been building up. I know they've had a few people off Norwich in in, in various areas, staff wise inside the club. Mm. Um, so so I think there has always been that that desire to to better. Feels maybe like we're we're at a point of the two clubs going in in opposite directions. How how do you see this game going? Because an Ipswich Town win would be a pretty defining moment, wouldn't it? For for kind of this new era, for all that they've built, feels like that's that's maybe the one thing at the moment beyond the Premier League promotion that is lacking a, a victory against Norwich. Yeah, I mean it would be massive for the club, wouldn't it? When you when you talk about fourteen years since beating your biggest rival, um, that is clearly a, you know in terms of emotion and and uh, everything around that win over Norwich coupled with everything else that's going on at the football club would would be huge. Um, but as I as I previously said, I don't think there's any kind of uh, humour or um, uh, kind of cockiness. Certainly not from the players going into the game. Um, and Kieran McKenna always, and I know most managers do this, but I believe it when he when he says it, always talks about treating the opponent with respect and having a kind of bespoke game plan for each opponent. He'll have he and his team would have watched Norwich. They'll they'll have come up with a, a particular special game plan for this game. They'll they'll have known who was going to play in this game, I'm sure, for for weeks and why. There's always there's always a logic behind that. Um so in terms of how it's going to go, I mean forgive me, but I would have to predict an Ipswich Town win. I mean I don't think you could look at the two sides and 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 not predict that. But in terms of how that happens, I think there are two ways it could go. I think if Ipswich Town score early, um, and given the whole atmosphere around the game, we've got the Blue Action fan group meeting the coach um, outside Portman Road, which they did just before the Exeter game last season, which is the game where they could have got promoted. They went on to win 6-0. There was such a, an incredible kind of tide of momentum around the team that day. I think there's going to be a similar feeling going to Saturday. So if Town could score early then you know i don't think it's going to be it might not be pretty um it may be it may be a big score but equally as i've said t- town can concede goals early and if norwich can come to, to portman road get an early goal and then then you start to think well they haven't beaten them for 14 years and you know then there maybe starts to be a little bit of pressure on on the home players i don't i don't think they'll feel it they're not the sort of the team that we saw in the past with, whenever town kind of came up against um, any kind of difficulty, they they tended to crumble, they tended to fall apart, um, and we've seen numerous times this season when they've come from behind to to win games. Um, and and McKenna's always banging on about resilience, which is a, a big thing he's built into them. We saw it again last night in the in the win at Watford. So um, the lo- the kind of short answer to your question is, I think Town will win, but I'm it's I'm, how, I'm torn it? as to how it mm. it plays it plays out. I can see I wouldn't be at all surprised if we're sitting here and it's you know, 4-1, something like that to town. But equally, with it being a derby, Norwich can maybe stifle them, get an early goal. It could be one of those nervy 2-1 sort of games. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to appear like I'm, it's like a foregone conclusion because clearly it's not. And we are in, Ipswich Town are in no position to um, give it the big one before the game because it's, the game's not been played yet. Um, right, save that for Monday morning. Yeah, <laughs> it's all fun and games then, isn't it? When the, when the game's played and and the game has been decided. But um, yeah, I, w- I would have to predict, and I'm sure most right thinking people looking at the form and everything else would have to predict an Ipswich Town win. 
yeah mark thank you uh very much for your for your time we obviously wish you uh, I guess as much as uh, good luck as we can ahead of uh, ahead of Saturday's game. Um, goodness me, I don't think I'm looking forward to it. <laughs>Welcome back, everybody. Pinkin.com uh, Norwich City podcast sponsored by uh, Coleman's of Norwich. Looking ahead to the East Anglian derby. That was the chat with uh, Mark Heath. As you can see, they are suitably chipper over that side of the East Anglian divide at this moment in time. There's uh, they're, they're going to do like a coach greet thing, which I think, uh, as, as Mark said there, the last time they, they did that, they uh, they beat Exeter 6-0 and secured promotion. Slightly different occasions, admittedly, but um, that's interesting that they they feel there's a necessity for that. And I think it's something actually that that Wes Burns has has, has requested. So this is um, very interesting and, and all of it is very interesting. We've spoken maybe about where the teams are in terms of the league table, in terms of Ipswich in particular, um, and, and the start to the season that, that they have had. Uh, Norwich do come into this game, as we said, with a little bit of form after a difficult spell. Players returning from injury, or it doesn't necessarily feel like any of those will, will be available for, for Saturday's game at Portman Road. Um, Let's let's come to you then, then Sam. Because I mean, Paddy was speaking about it a little bit in terms of how Norwich City go and approach this game. I, I I agree with him. I think to go to Portman Road and just kind of cling on for dear life and try and and and, and get something and try and frustrate just don't see that working. And as as Marcus said there, I think um, teams who have done that at Portman Road have been picked off and picked off quite quite drastically when when they've adopted that approach. There's clearly a balance to be struck here. It's about how David Wagner finds it. How do you feel is the best way, I guess, in terms of personnel, in terms of setup for Norwich City to go to Portman Road and, 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 and pick up a result? I think it's probably to try and emulate the the way that they found success early on in the season. While I, I don't think just parking the bus and going with the likes of Hernandez and, and Fastnat to try and limit the effectiveness of Ipswich, even in sort of advanced areas, I don't think that's the best policy. I also don't feel that the likes of Shane Duffy have the pace and athleticism and sort of flexibility to be able to cope with how quickly Ipswich move the ball. That's something I've I've been shocked by really every time I've watched them this season is the amount of space they create in opposition halves. So they, they move the ball really well in their own half, invite a press and then what that creates is enough time and space for if they wanted it all of their attacking players to probably take about three seconds on the ball every time they get into the opposition half. It feels like a counter-attack every time they do that. So I think if Norwich do go all out pressing and, and try and take the game to Ipswich fully, they might leave themselves exposed to that a little bit. But equally, they need some attacking quality on the pitch to try and take advantage of the gaps that Ipswich will leave. And you know, reintroducing the likes of Fasnat and Hernandez purely for their sort of tactical defensive um, superiority would be wouldn't be the best move for me. I know Wagner spoke in his uh, his pre-Sheffield Wednesday press conference about how he feels goals and assists uh, around the corner for Hernandez. I'm not sure where he's he's getting that prediction from, to be honest. But just based on the contributions of of Rowe and especially Science uh, against against Sheffield Wednesday. I don't really see how you can drop a player like that who's who's just hit that form. Obviously, his first start, and I think it 
it absolutely underlined and typified everything with his time since signing for the club that after seven minutes he produces a, a top quality turn and smashes it into the top corner. Um, he's not a player that's really very involved in terms of like a Buendia that wants the ball all the time and will drop deep to try and affect things from there. But every time he gets it in the final third, he comes alive and he has that quality and that composure that I think a lot of people lack um, in that Norwich squad. You look at the other players sort of in that in that department of attackers, even Ida and Barnes. You know, you saw the two chances that Barnes missed before he eventually got his goal. There's not really that composure and that ability to produce quality consistently um, when they're in that that final third. And that's certainly not the case with Ono Hernandez. So, although I wouldn't be especially surprised, to be honest, given we know Wagner's principles and the way that he's gone with team selection so far, I think it would absolutely be the wrong decision um, to go back to that experience, especially in forward areas. And although defensively, I'd, pro- I'd probably argue you want a little bit more athleticism um, to be able to deal with Ipswich uh, and the way that they move the ball in in the opposition half, I think that's a moot point, really. I think we all know that Shane Duffy is is 96% likely to to start um, at Portman Road and there's not really, you know, there's not much value in discussing uh, what they could do without him because he's a player that, that Wagner trusts clearly so, so much whenever he's available, whenever he's fit. He's in the team, whether it's midweek and they've got games at the weekend or he's just been suspended and he's coming back or Jaden Warner has been in his place and, and played fairly well. He is somebody who is going to be in the team, um, you feel. So they need to find a way to counteract his his weaknesses that I think may be pretty well exposed by Ipswich uh, and find a way to deal with that. Although probably having Kenny McLean alongside him will, will help them um, on that front. Tactically, I, I just think they might be exposed a little bit against a, a top quality team because although they did play fairly well against Sheffield Wednesday, they're not really a, a top side in any way. And this Norwich setup does look quite jumbled at the moment. You have a, a really experienced um, sort of base to it and two centre-backs, especially when, when McLean's not in there, who don't have a lot of pace, who aren't really especially capable with the ball. And then, you know, up front you have you have players who really need service and aren't going to come and deep come deep to get it. So I think that being disjointed in that sense might be where they, they come apart against Ipswich and and maybe having the likes of Marcelino Nunez in there will will help provide that link. But equally, you know, you come to midfield and that's another worry in terms of the defensive contribution that an axis of Nunez and Sarah can can really produce. So there are probably a few decisions that Wagner has to make. I don't think he can put the best solution on the pitch to deal with Ipswich, no matter what he tries. Um, but yeah, there's probably quite a, a lot of decisions to make. And if I could firm up one thing and tell him to do one thing going into this game, it would be to keep the likes of Science and Rowe in the team and not just go back to his old, familiar, comforting Fastnacht and Hernandez. Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick fire questions now around the team. So just yes or no will, will be fine. I'll start yeah. with uh, I'll start with you, Paddy. Kenny McLean, a, a centre-back at Portman Road, yes or no? Yes. Sam? Sorry, is this, is this what I want to do or what will happen? Uh, either or, up to you. Uh, uh, yes. 
probably to both actually for McLean. Yeah. Borja signs from the start. This is this is probably a will he question. Will he do this? Borja signs from the start, Paddy. Yes. Sam. Yes. And uh, last one. So we'll need a name for this, right? Is, is, there, is there a surprise inclusion? If so, if so, who, Paddy, did, in coming into that Derby eleven? Trying to think who he went with on uh, Wednesday night and who might dip out. Um, well, I don't expect it, but if, if you were putting me on, uh, you know, come up with a surprise, then uh, Poeta instead of Yanulis. Oof. Sam? Um, why not Sergeant? If he's going to be in training after the game, why not throw him in there? <laughs> that's yeah that's that's an interesting one i think there's there's a really interesting battle on and, and this is particularly pertinent given what unfolded on on wednesday against sheffield wednesday uh on norwich city's right side because leaf davis is one of the best creators in the division um very comparable numbers to to gabrielle sarah might even have uh one more assist i think than, than sarah at this moment in time um and and this maybe there's there's a risk and reward element to this do, does David Wagner go and trust Jack Stacey to go and put up with with Leif Davis for for the whole ninety minutes? Does he? I don't know. Play Callum Fisher again? I think that's probably unlikely. Um, and, and then the reward element of that is because they're so aggressive with their positioning. Davis plays so high up. Burns on the other side plays so high up. Uh, obviously Brandon Williams in support or, or, or a right back in support. They're so aggressive in in, in wide areas with, with how they position players. Um, how Norwich City, I guess, can can exploit space going the other way and, and that feels like pace in transition and actually when, when you think about maybe some of the successes that they've had this season particularly on the road a lot of them Adam Eder perhaps pertinently of late have come against high lines and with space to run into so there are going to be opportunities if Norwich City can get that transitional element right but I think it's, it's a really curious one about how he manages Leaf Davis and Ipswich's left side um, and whether he feels Jack Stacey has the defensive capabilities to stand up to that particular test. So I think that's that's a battleground that's um, worth keeping a, an eye out as well. Let's start with you then, Paddy, as we uh, come to the close of this podcast. Portman Road, Saturday, 12.30, 14 years of um, history on the line for Norwich City. Bragging rights, very, very important three points as well on the line, by the way, with, with their proximity to, to the top six at this moment in time. How do you see it unfolding? And then uh, once you've uh, talked us through the game, let's finish with that score prediction. Um, well, I mean, even even though we're going in now with a little bit higher levels of optimism and confidence from four wins and a draw from six, and, and you look at the, the form guide across the whole championship in the last six games, there's only one team who got more points. Sadly, that team is the team they play on Saturday. That's Ipswich. So, um, but they shouldn't lack for a little bit of renewed belief um, because there's a body of work now in terms of results. Yes, we can all dissect the performances and some parts of the performances, but it feels like it's tracking now a little bit like you've seen with Wagner throughout his entirety of his career, wherever he's been, these streaky streaks, these clumps of, you know, we saw at the start of this season. Um, where they can accumulate points and games back-to-back in close proximity. Now, what we all hope is that Ipswich is a continuation, another link in the chain, um, rather than you know tipping the other side and we're going to then embark on another poor run. Every piece of logic really dictates... I mean, what are they now? I think it's 21-point difference between the two teams, which at this stage of the season is... Uh, it underlines graphically whether various 
respective trajectories of both of these squads are. Ipswich will now, I think, pretty much expect to be in the top six. They're not going to message that, but but it takes a hell of a fall from race in the second part of the season. So I think they're nailed on. And now the debate is, do they do they maintain this? Do they hold off a Leeds? Do they hold off a Southampton, maybe a West Brom and, and get that automatic spot and they're in the Premier League next season? I wouldn't put it past them, if I'm honest, because when they have been tested, they lost at West Brom recently and they've bounced back. I think they went at home and then they went to Borough, although Borough were depleted in terms of injuries. But still, it's... It's a it's a difficult place to go, albeit Hall one there again in midweek or so. So every every part of the head would tell you that this is an Ipswich home win. Um but I, I don't know, something I said after the game last night, I thought Norwich would get a point and I'm gonna stick with that. So um madness maybe, um, because if you looked at the respective seasons to this point, uh you would say there's only one outcome, but if there was only one outcome and if it was that predictable, we wouldn't love this game, would we? Because that's the beauty of this game, that that, that things happen and you just go, how on earth has that unfolded? So I'm going to go with a, more of a more of a, a feeling rather than what, what your head would tell you and go 2-2. Operation JDL, I said it, all, all aboard. Sam Seaman, how do you see this game unfolding? And let's have uh, let's have your prediction as well. I I also got this weird optimism. Um, <laughs> ah, here we go. Yes, <laughs> I was um, I was actually speaking to Will Jennings, one of our columnists, this morning, and he's feeling the same way. And I'm just getting this. Uh, I feel like it's the way to go. If you're going into a derby, it's better that than than go into it um, being miserable. And they've come off the back of some decent results throughout my lifetime and throughout the time I've been paying attention to Norwich City. They just have not lost to Ipswich Town. That just hasn't happened. So um, I'm going to be optimistic and, and say that they have definitely the capabilities to go and, and get a point. It might take a bit of a fair wind, maybe not a top quality performance from Ipswich, but all the pressure is is on them. All the pressure is on the home side um, at Portman Road. So, yeah, after let, let's say sci- I think science might produce a moment of quality and they draw uh, one all, which probably the form goal scoring wise on both sides doesn't suggest it, it, it will. But I think the lower scoring it is probably the higher chance Norwich have of getting something out of it. And I was I was sort of between one all and two all and Paddy took two all. So, yeah, I'll say one all and be optimistic. What about you, Connor? I I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. This is incredible levels. Of, we always get told we're too negative. Look at this. You, you two are you two are almost giddy on East Anglian Derby uh, juices. It's in, it's incredible. Uh, sadly, I'm 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 not going to follow suit. I don't think. Um, I'm I'm going to be a bit more cold. I think and, and maybe try and take a little bit of the emotion out of it, which again could be an error. But uh, I I think uh, I think Ipswich are calculated. I think they they're going to manage this game. For me, I can kind of see two scenarios. I can see, so I, I think the the scenarios that you've both painted, I think that is very possible, actually very possible, because I think if if Norwich can go there and look there, and for all that we said about not parking the bus, there's going to have to be an element of them frustrating and being frustrating to to the hosts and keeping themselves in in the game. Um, and I I think the first goal is crucial, and the timing of the first goal is crucial because. If uh, Ipswich come out of the blocks and score an early goal, I would really, really fear for Norwich City at that point because of the occasion, because of the confidence, because of the atmosphere at Portman Road. I think all of that would become immensely difficult. I think if Norwich can keep themselves in the game, ride out what I think will be a a really initial burst from, from Ipswich, grow into it, maybe get a goal themselves... 
then again, the, the occasion becomes a lot more different and, and suddenly the history does start to bleed into to some of those supporters' minds and, and some of those players' minds as well. That being said, I, I, I think, and, and again, Portman Road, the, the, this season has been a, a, a horrendous place to go for, for opposing teams, despite the fact that they've been, they've been goals scored. Um, I think Ipswich are everything that Norwich dislike in terms of opponent and how they will play and the quality, the pace, the movement, the what they do with the ball, how they manoeuvre it. I think McKenna's got them incredibly well coached and I think they probably will edge it. Um, and, and to be fair, at the start of the week, um, this would have been pre-Preston. I was feeling um, significantly more fearful about how this game could unfold. Um but I, I think it will be maybe a lot closer because of some of that emotion that you spoke about it. But I think the quality, as it has done, to be fair, for, for Norwich over the last 14 years, um, will probably just eke out on the uh, on the Ipswich side. So sadly, and it really does pay me to say this, I think it, it, it's gonna, I'm going to go with a 2-1 home win in, in the East Anglian derby, which, um, uh, yeah, would obviously mark the end of, of what is quite the era and quite the run. But uh, I'm finding it really difficult but I really want to be proven wrong. And actually, you know, for all that we've spoken about it and for all of the hype and emotion, actually, for Norwich City to be underdogs and for this, not it's not a free hit because East Anglian derbies aren't a free hit, but Ipswich expect to beat Norwich. I think probably Ipswich fans expect to beat Norwich. There are um, a contingency, not all of them, there are a contingency of Norwich fans that will um, probably share my school of thought and, and will feel that Ipswich will beat Norwich. So in that sense, it's up to Norwich to go and prove everyone wrong. And sometimes that can be a really powerful thing. And I hope with every fibre of my being that um, that every ounce of that um, comes to fruition on Saturday. So uh, a very apologetic prediction for me, I think, to uh, to end the pod. Paddy, give us a rousing bit of positivity as we head to Portman Road. Get, give us a, your best Sean Dyche speech that will uh, will send us all down to Suffolk, um, ready to uh, put on the war paint and, uh, and, and and go to battle. Short sweet, carpe diem, seize the day. There we go. Thank you very much for listening. See you all at Portman Road.